Welcome to the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church. We hope our broadcast will bless you. Good morning, church family. For our scripture reading, could we please turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. It says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. My wife also sent her regards from Brazil, and uh, Sue also sent her regards. And uh, I want to show you a picture, uh, because you see me like Brazilian, tiny, but like we have giants in Brazil too. <laughs> so like, uh, see where, that's uh, Tanya's brother and her nephew. So, and like, uh, so it's about my size. So you see the difference. Like, when I speak with those folks, I'm speaking like that. <laughs> so, I, I just have one concern, though. They are having so much fun there that uh, I'm afraid she was not coming back. <laughs> so, like today, uh, I have a special sermon prepared. My wife knows me very well. When uh, she wants something done, she just asks me. But once she wants something really done, she dares me. <laughs> so like, uh, she said like, oh, I dare you to do a sermon about Thanksgiving. But honey, no, I, I want to continue my series. Like, no, but I, I, I dare you. Uh, okay, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> gonna see it. So, uh, but I did something interesting. Uh, like, so we don't get the, out of the, the spirit of our series. Like, I'm making a special episode about Thanksgiving. Just for us here. I titled that message, Grateful for What? Like, why should we be grateful? Uh, because we live in a, in a world that's so uh, upside down. That sometimes that's a legitimate question, like, grateful for what? Like, we just passed Thanksgiving. That's a date that we are supposed to be thankful. But uh, many, many people, they apparently have no reason to be thankful for. They have fin financial problems. They have diseases that they battle. They have problems in life. They have been abused or worse. They are undergoing abuse right now. Some of our brothers and sisters throughout the globe, they are being persecuted, they are being imprisoned, threatened, and even killed. So, in many of those things, I'm sure even people here already had some of those or are facing some of those. And when you are in those situations, and I've been in basically everything I said here but that, that's probably the only one that I haven't suffered yet. But uh, when you are passing through those trials, like, it's very hard to be grateful and like to do what that verse that we just read says, like to be thankful in everything. Like, how that's even possible? Because those situations are not fun. Those are not fun times. First Thessalonians gives something. That when everything is, it's okay, we can live with that, we can do, we can be uh, praiseful, always happy, and give praises to the Lord. But when we are in the midst of our problems, like, how can we sing praises to God? What that means? Uh, when sh why should I give thanks to God if my life is not okay? How that can be done? And uh, those are hard questions that they need answer, and they need answer today. So, before we unravel the answer for this, let, uh, let's open uh, our Bibles. We're going to read First Thessalonians again, but let's bow our heads and pray. And Oh, glad to see you guys here. Uh, and... Uh, as we open our Bibles, 
let's now bow our heads and ask uh, God for the guidance of his Holy Spirit. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for the gift of life. Thank you so much for us being here. Uh, today, we're going to be studying on that context of the great controversy. Uh, why should we thank you? Why should we be happy? Even when our lives are a mess, even when everything looks strange to us. Perhaps we have people here that are undergoing problems in life. Perhaps we, are, we have people here that are having uh, all sorts of turmoil in their lives, but uh, battling diseases, battling relationship problems, and other things. But we ask you, dear Lord, help us to see through it and uh, teach us how to live on those last and crazy days we live in. Give us your spirit today as we open scripture. We're going to read many texts. Help us to understand uh, what you want us to understand. Use our ears to hear not uh, a human voice as we read the scripture, but help us hear your voice speaking straight to our heart. That's what we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Already, I forgot to say good morning for our friends from the internet. And like, uh, as I mentioned before, we have a special Thanksgiving edition of the series. So you won't see that message, like I'm preaching the same message here in Midland, but you won't see that message being preached there, unless my wife dares me to, but don't let her know. Uh, so uh, we start with that question, like, how can we praise God when our life is our, our mess, when we see problems all around us? Let's open up our Bibles again in, uh, in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5. But not, we're going to read not only verse 18. Let's read verses 16, 17, and 18 because it gives us the context of where is. Uh, that's a big paragraph in Greek that uh, helps us to understand. The first thing that the God tells us on this big paragraph is rejoice always. And then he says, pray without ceasing. And in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So God wants us to give thanks to him in everything. How that can be possible? Uh, but like gets worse. We not only have to give thanks to him in everything. He starts by saying, rejoice always. We not only have to be, uh, give thanks, but we have to be happy about it. Yeah. How can we be happy about the problems that we have? Diseases that we fight, like, or things that sometimes we have no control of. And that they are not fun. That's something that seems tough, seems Almost impossible. And uh, uh, how can we get through that? There's two answers to that question. There's a short answer and a long answer. I'm going to give you the short answer right now. And the long answer will be the rest of the sermon. The short answer is on the verse itself. In between the two hard things that they are saying. Like, be always happy. Even if your life is going upside down. And be thankful for God on that. Those are the two tough things. But the answer is on the middle. Pray. Pray about it. Only through prayer can God show us why we should be happy and pray in praising. Only through prayer he can answer why we should uh, uh, praise his name. And uh, we should chin up and uh, live another day. Only through prayer, we can, uh, he can show to us what we cannot see by ourselves. Sometimes we are too short-sighted. Remember the story that I told to the kids? Uh, and sometimes we're just not seeing far enough. And uh, 
Prayer is the answer. And that's why today we will look in a book of prayers to look for answers. Most of our reading today will be from the book of Psalms. And uh, that book is kind of unique because it's words of man that became words of God. There are such beautiful prayers, poems, music that are prayers to God that also tells us things about God that we should learn. And as we learn those things today, we may change our outlook and we, we may answer that question a different way. So let's start with Psalm 103. That's a, a beautiful psalm on the Bible. Psalm 103. And uh, Psalm 103, it starts talking about something that's hot those days. Like uh, today, talking with, with uh, when you talk with different people, mental health is a big thing. It's a big thing. It's a serious matter. Most people today, they are going through mental health issues. And uh, what this text has to say for us, let's start reading verse 1. And I read from the New King James. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that that is in me, bless his whole holy name. And again, I make the question, should we be praising the Lord? Does praise the Lord make any benefits for you as worshipers? Does it give you any, even physical benefits? Like, uh, Let's read verse 2. Bless the, Lord, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Like when you're getting a new job, what's the very first thing? Usually people look when they are looking for a new job, like interviewing. They want to see the benefits, right? Like, and what type of benefits we look for? Health insurance, good vacation package. The more benefits, the better. And here, the psalmist is saying, don't forget the benefits you are getting from God. And what are those benefits that we are getting from God? Let's, let's keep reading. Uh, verse 3. Who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all your diseases. Starting with this verse, we have like three or four verses that have an interesting structure. They have uh, two parallel uh, lines on the verse. The on this verse here, the first line says, that why, what are the benefits? God is the one who forgives all the iniquities. That's the first. And the second line on this verse says, He who heals our diseases. And throughout this, we're going to see those uh, uh, tuplets of like two ver uh, lines. One talking about one thing and the other one uh, talking why that thing is possible. So, what he, the Bible is saying here is because he forgives our iniquities, he heals our diseases. He's saying here that uh, there is a, a, a connection between forgiveness of sin and health and a, he a healing body. Like, uh, and that's something that goes throughout scripture. We're going to read another passage today at the end that talks about that. But like, God is benefiting you. Not only here, like by saying, oh, you are forgiven. But through that, that unforgiveness gives you peace. And that peace promotes healing. And sometimes it even heals you supernaturally as well. So that's benefit number one. But there is more to that. And uh, on verse 4 we read, He who redeems your life from destruction. Literally what says there, the word in Hebrew means from the pit of corruption. That's euphemism for like the, your, the grave for the death. And who crowns you with long, loving kindness and tender mercies. The word here for love kindness is the Hebrew word hesed. Hesed that means grace. Is the Old Testament word for grace. 
So he, he crowns you with grace and with mercy. So uh, what that verse is saying? He leaves you from the pit of corruption, from death, from destruction. What is that destruction? It's just like the, the death that every one of us may face. No. It's the uh, eternal death. It's what Revelation 20 calls the second death. And he leaves you from that. From that faith you don't want to have. Why? Because of his grace. Because his tender mercies. And that's great news. He saves you. Not because any performance you may do. Not because you're such a nice guy or girl. But he saves you. Because he loves you. Because his mercies. Because his grace. And uh, what the uh, Lamentations 322-23 says to us about uh, God's mercies. It says, through the Lord's mercies. We are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Praise the Lord for that. Like we are not destroyed and we won't be destroyed on the last day. Because of his mercies. Because he fails not to us. Because uh, his faithfulness. And because his mercies renew every day. And like, I could go on and on and on and on here on this verse. I'm fighting that, temp that temptation to keep going the rest of this psalm. Uh, but I want to be respectful for, of your time. But let's just go one more, shall we? Just one more. Just indulge me. Uh, so like, he forgives you. Uh, and then verse 5 says, he who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that you, your youth is renewed like the eagle. So you see that. He is not only looking on the end day for you. He's also giving what you need, so you can be restored every day. And you can look fresh every morning as his mercies. Is that not amazing? And that, but you may still think, okay, I get that. He wants to give me all that, but why have still so much troubles? Like, what's wrong then? Like, that, that doesn't match what, what, what I'm living on my life. Let's go to the next psalm. Uh, psalm 105. Let's start reading verses 1 and two. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make his deeds, uh, make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. He's kind of tackling that answer. Why should we give thanks to the Lord even when we have problems? Why should we sing his praises even when our life is a mess? The author here says some things that are kind of obvious. Like we have to praise God by the things he does because he's marvelous. He's so much more than what we can understand. But those things that he talks here, for some, may even look like platitudes. Like just what you say to people feel, feel better. But uh, uh, here, he says something uh, that for me, it's very important. There's one thing that we cannot pass by on this verse. We cannot dismiss. Like, uh, even when we think... God is messing with us. Even when we think we are getting worse than we deserve. Uh, when we, oh, even when we think there's no reasons for praise. There is something. That uh, here we should uh, pay attention. Now on the second line, what says there? Call upon his name. Here in this culture, 
when I call upon somebody's name, what that means. Because I know him. Uh, when I call out somebody, I'm like bringing that person to responsibility. This expression here is kind of similar. The name on the Jewish culture means his character. So calling God's name is calling his car character out. Don't you say you're good? Why don't you come to help me? Like uh, calling God's name is actually going back to scripture and uh, claim the promises he made you. And we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of promises in the Bible that we call upon his name. And he promised he would be always with us. He promised he would never forsake us. He promised that even if I'm thrown onto the fire, he would be there with me. And he promised all that and many more. And uh, he promised he would be there. So let's claim those promises, trusting that he's doing his very best to get us through. Uh, but we have to always remember what we study on the first uh, sermon of that uh, second season of this series. Like, remember the parable of the terrors? Like that... Uh, and in that parable, the parable of the tares, uh, in uh, Matthew 13, Jesus teaches us that he's not the source of our problems. The devil is. But he also teaches us, although the angels want to solve the problem right away, even he wants to solve the problem right away, sometimes he can't. Why? Because that would cause some collateral damage. Sometimes when... God does not interview at the time. That would cause more problems than, than solution. More harm than good. And that's something that we should never lose sight of. But he teaches us something else on that parable. And I have to remind you that. He teaches us that. Uh, uh, why sometimes God does not give us out. Because of those implications that we don't see. That collateral damage that may happen. Or the people, even ourselves, that can be harmed even worse than we are. Uh, and we think we are bad. We can be worse. And, uh, but he gave us something very important. He gave us perspective. What happens on the very end of the parable? When the tares are big. The wheat is big. They are easily discernible. Then he can be surgical. He can... Cut the tares, put them onto fire, and get his people to him, save them for good. And that's the perspective that he, I want you to remind of. Like at the end of the day, even though your trials here can be a little longer, at the end your name will be vindicated. You'll be redeemed. You'll be saved. And those that persecuted you, those that uh, abused you, those that made your life miserable, they're going to burn. They may even have some happiness now, but later they will be gone. One thing is assured, at the end, God will make all the wrongs right. All the, that you feel that was injustice, he will show his ways, his, he will show his justice, and we will be marveled. In the same way I was mad with my wife because she doesn't wake me up, but at the end of the day I was so grateful. And I was even feeling ashamed of myself because if she hadn't wake me up, I would not be here today. So, and the same thing, is the same experience we're going to have. So, when we call God's name, when we call over His promises, we have to have that parable in mind, that great controversy story in mind, because at the end, we receive what's promised in Revelation 21 verse 4, that says, uh, and God will, out, will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And when we claim the promises, we have also to keep in, in mind that we have to have the same attitude of Job. Like an attitude of trusting on him. That even that our eyes cannot see, 
or salvation. It's there. It's coming. Job 13 verse 15 says something that I feel that's amazing. And that's the spirit we should have as we claim God's promises. He says, Though he slay me, yet I will trust on him. Job was so trusting on, on the Lord that even if because of the situation, God had to kill him or had to per- allow him to die, he would trust him because he knew that on the last day, everything would be made right. And uh, I'm telling you uh, this morning that that has to be our attitude. When we have problems, when we have no reason to praise the Lord, let's call his promises. And then with that spirit, then we can rest assured, we can have peace now, even when the problem is still going on, because we know the answer is coming. Maybe on the next 10 minutes, maybe on the next 10 years, or maybe just in eternity, but it is coming. And we can rejoice with that today. And, uh, but there's more to that. There's, there's more. And, uh, I would think, I would be happy just to know that at the end, God will make everything right. And I'm happy about that. That changed my life. But God, that's not enough for God. Because He's so awesome that He wants you to experience more, even now, today. And uh, so, uh, let's uh, keep following the book. And... uh, Read something that I feel that's really, really, really amazing. Let's uh, go to the book of Zephaniah. Let's see what God has in store there for us. So let's read chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord, your God, is in your midst. The mighty one. He will save you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. And he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice you over with singing. Do you see how amazing is this? He's not only satisfied to save you at the end. He says that he's not only going to save us. But he's going to give us peace. He's going to quiet us up with his love. Like, uh, and when I read this, I remember one of the things that gave me more pleasure when my kids were small is to put them to sleep. I would literally put them to sleep with love, like love them up till they, they falling asleep. Because if you ever had kids, they don't like to sleep. I don't know. Like when you, you say, they may be like this, but when you say like, let's go to bed, they wake up and they don't want to go. So we have to love them up. Tell them stories, kiss them, sing with them, pray till they quiet. And with all this love, they can go peacefully to sleep. That's what God wants to do with you. He wants to nurse you. Even when you have your life upside down, he wants to nurse you to peace with his love. But there is more to that. In the text, God is so happy to see you that he bursts in singing. He is literally compelled to sing. God sings out of joy just by seeing you. He literally starts singing. And what do you do with a God like that? Love him back. There's no other way. And uh, that's why we have to sing him praises. Because he loves you. He, and he loves you so much that he cannot sit still. He sings. Just by seeing you. And he is itching to that last day when he, when he can hug you. And when you can see him face to face. Don't want to see Jesus? I want. But I want to hear his singing as well. And that's something else. Like God is next level. That's why you have to praise him. So now let's move to our next psalm. Psalm 107. Now we're back on track. Uh, Because there is something else there that I need to share with you. I don't want to keep you too much from our food. 
But uh, there's a few couple of important things that she wants to share about to answer the question, why should we praise God even in the middle of the confusion we have? So let's read verses 1 and 2. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercies endures forever. And notice that the team keeps recurring. It's a recurring team, like his mercies, his mercies, and we cannot get enough of them, and they endure forever. Now we can see grace in action here on the sound. Let's keep reading. Let the redeem of the Lord say so, who he had redeemed from the hands of the enemy. So, like, here he's giving us some perspective in praising. And uh, give thanks to the Lord. Because he redeemed us, we can sing his praise. Because he redeems us, because his mercies are forever, and because we benefited from those, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like, we can still sing to his praises. But notice what happens later. Uh, let's fast forward to verse 17. Uh, let's read it. Fools, they are fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, they were afflicted. And notice here how interesting. Here it's saying that sometimes because of our own foolishness, we get problems. We suffer because of some of our bad decisions. Not always, but sometimes that's the problem. And uh, I don't know about you. Like when, uh, when I'm suffering for something, I feel bad. I'm, I was not made for suffering. I was made for glory. <laughs> Amen. But when I'm suffering because something I did, man, I feel bad. Because it's bad enough to suffer, but it's even worse when we realize the situation we are in is because of your own foolishness. But then, uh, like, let's keep reading. What our foolishness uh, makes on us. Their souls abhorred all manner of food, and they drew near the gates of death. Sometimes we get ourselves in such a big mess. We see the signs all over. And we go nonetheless. Sometimes feel so bad that we feel that we are the gates of hell. But God doesn't leave us there. Let's keep reading the next two verses. Verse 19 and 20. They, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them. Out of their distress. And he sent his sword. He, I mean he sent his word. And healed them. And delivered them. From their destruction. Do you see again? He forgives us. And then he heals us. God saves us from our own foolishness. I would say. I would expect to hear an amen right now. like, amen. Because. Everybody here is a fool. We are all fools because we keep doing bad decisions. And God saves us from our own foolishness by His grace. When we cry to Him, when we repent, He hears us and He heals us and He redeems us and He saves us from destruction. And again, that destruction is the uh, second death, or the ultimate death, the eternal death. And He only not only saves us from our foolishness, but he will save you eternally because he wants to be with you forever. He wants to bring you home. So now let's move to the conclusion. I want to fast forward to another psalm. Psalm 118. Psalm 118. Let's read verses 1 and 2. All give thanks to the Lord for his good, for his mercies endures forever. Let Israel say now, or let the church say now, his mercies endures forever. And if you keep reading, he keeps giving other reasons and his mercies uh, endures forever. The psalm continues on this note. 
So, why I want to finish around here? Because I want to make you think. Like, uh, we start that sermon with the question, why should I praise God even when I have problems in life? I guess by now you have the answer, right? Because we can have peace even amidst the problem. We can have the certainty that at the end, God is going to do all the wrongs right. But there is another reason why the Lord asks us to praise Him. Not because He is an hedonistic being that likes to come and worship me. I'm, I'm all that, so come and worship. That's not His, his point. It's because He knows you. He knows me. And He knows we need to praise Him. He knows that uh, uh, what we are all about. After that much that the Bible says we should praise Him, is because God has two big reasons. First reason is because it's good for your health. It's good for you and He wants you to be happy. Psalm 17 verse 22 says, A merry heart does good like medicine. Literally what says that a merry heart uh, is a good uh, healing balm. It's a good medicine. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. God is saying, because we cultivate sometimes, we only focus on the problems, and we forget and focus on the God that's bigger than the problems. Our life is always grim, and that makes us suffer. That makes our bones dry. That brings diseases. That's no mistake. That's no coincidence. That you know what's the biggest cause of disability in the world today? Do you know what it is? Stress and depression. And anxiety and stress and depression. They are all on the same spectrum. And they are our manifestation of that. Like, because everything looks bad. Like, everything is so green. And uh, dries my bones and causes other sicknesses. And... Uh, so, and that truth that uh, a joyful heart and trust in God can actually heal you, can actually uh, be a preventive uh, uh, of diseases, can actually be a predictor of how well you're going to be on your recovery. It's scientifically documented. And if you doubt your pastor, just come after the sermon and I can show how the scientific research that I can I've been cataloging over the years because, like, God does not say anything here because of himself. If he says you, want to, you need to praise him, it's because it's good for you, because it's going to make you heal better, it's going to make you feel better, it will avoid diseases on you that can be avoided, you get you out of stress, you make you have a positive outlook in life, even when you are surrounded by problems all around you. And, uh, but there is more to that. There's a second aspect of this. Why? Uh, why? It's because it's good for our spiritual life. Don't you think that God is saying over and over here on the Psalms, on the Proverbs, throughout the Old and New Testament, that we have to praise God in all things, that we have to be jolly, be happy in all things. Why? Because that has a spiritual benefit. That's why, that's why on the verse of Psalm 118 that we read, we read his ends with, let Israel, or let the church say, the mercies of the Lord endures forever. Let's praise him. Let's keep praising him. Why? If you think, what was the main reason why Israel, after God uh, extracted them from Egypt, didn't enter the promised land right away? They were complainers. Like, uh, if you think everything, they were complaining. Like, God brought them up with all the plagues. They got on the Red Sea. And, uh, oh, now God brought us here to be destroyed. God literally opened the Red Sea for them. They walk in the dry land. Next day, 
they were complaining already. God brought them food. Oh, the food is so nice. A few days later, I don't like this food. That's this, that's... And like, they seem like that uh, God was showing all the signs and wonders, being so powerful and showing everything to them, but nothing was enough. Nothing was enough. And it, when you think that God is the one that Isaiah, say, Isaiah says that the one that's high and lifted up, the one that the, his name is holy, 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 but they, that was nothing to them because they were always complaining. They didn't have that spirit of praise. And when we don't cultivate that spirit of praise, when we don't uh, praise the Lord, not only our bones dry, not only we start to get more and more in a depressive mood, but our spiritual life dries up. When we, I said this before, every time I look to my wife and say, I love you, I actually love her more because that reinforces that idea. Every time I, I sing God's praising, like He's good, He's faithful, His mercies endure forever, He saved me here, He saved me there, He saved the people, He crossed the Red Sea, He did this, He did that, He did the other. I'm actually boosting my faith. That's why I advise people, make a journal. Like, as you read on the morning, write your thoughts. As God gives you a blessing, write it down. Because the very next day you already forgot it. But if you keep a journal, we have something to go back to and see like, oh, God did this, God did that, God did that. Oh, he's awesome. And if he did all that, he's going to be faithful to the end. Do you see how praise works? And why we have to praise God? So, uh, no, none of us may have experienced a Red Sea on our lives. Some of us actually have. I know a couple. But uh, most of us don't have that fantastic experiences. But we can see if we are paying attention, if we are in prayerful spirit, we can see God helping us each step of our life. And we can be grateful about it. We can praise God more. We can thank Him more. We can uplift His name. And by doing that, that will transform our lives. That will bring us to have that person, to be that person that people like to be around. And they want to have what you have. They want to have the Jesus you have. I have a final bit to share with you, but before I, I share that, I want to read something that I came across in one of my devotionals the other day when I was preparing this message. It's on your bulletin, but uh, I'm going to ask Neil to read for me. It's uh, from Messages, Testimonies for the Church, Volume, volume uh, 5, page 317. Shall all our devotional exercises consist in asking and receiving? Shall we be always thinking of our wants and never of the benefits we receive? Shall we be recipients of his mercies and never express our gratitude to God, never praise him for what he has done for us? We do not pray any too much, but we are too sparing of giving thanks. If the loving kindness of God called forth more thanksgiving and praise, we would have far more power in prayer. We would abound more and more in the love of God and have more bestowed to praise him for. You who complain that God does not hear your prayers, change your present order and mingle praise with your petitions. When you consider his goodness and mercies, you will find that he will consider your wants. Pray, pray earnestly and without ceasing, but do not forget to praise. It becomes every child of God to vindicate his character. You can magnify the Lord. You can show the power of sustaining grace. 
There are multitudes who do not appreciate the great love of God nor the divine compassion of Jesus. Thousands even regard with disdain the matchless grace shown in the plan of redemption. All who are partakers of this great salvation are not clear in this matter. They do not cultivate grateful hearts. But the theme of redemption is one that the angels desire to look into. It will be the science and the song of the ransomed throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. Is it not worthy of careful thought and study now? Should we not praise God with heart and soul and voice for his wonderful works to the children of men? When I read that, I was like severely impacted. God is calling us today to start to prepare how we're going to live eternity. We're going to be out the eternity studying his love, studying his character, and praising his name even more. Like, and more and more. So we better get to use it now. And like, I don't know if you noticed, we are in a great controversy. Like, uh, and the battle is about God's character. But today, God gave us the weapon. If you want to be successful on this great controversy, if you want to grow in your spiritual life, if you want to win over Satan every battle, use God's weapon, and God's weapon is His highest praise. Praise is the weapon that we can use. And praise means not only what we say, but the way we live. Let's live lives that are worth living. Let's live lives that praise God in everything we do. Let's use God's highest praise as a weapon to both defeat Satan, Satan and to make his kingdom spread. Because like if you read your Bibles on the book of Zechariah, there's an interesting passage that I, I love it. And uh, God dreams on the day, he says, like that. Ten people will come from all over directions. And they're going to grab on, the, on your vest and say, like, what a wonderful people you are. What God you serve. Show us the way. And that's what God wants for your life. But you only can have that if you use God's weapon. That's his praise. And I want to leave you with, uh, uh, with one last Bible passage from Philippians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 4 to 9. The, the, this is like uh, so, uh, Paul's uh, farewell to the church of Philippians, of Philippus, Philippi. And uh, he's giving some wise counsel that in that context of the great controversy, I want to give the same context to you, uh, the same counsel to you, because we do need to rejoice. We do need to follow God. And how he starts his counsel. He says in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Too low. And again I say, God wants us to rejoice on His name. He wants us to be happy. He wants you to be healthy. He wants to have a, to grow spiritually, to go strong. And we can only do that when we praise His name. So, he continues, verse 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. What he's saying here. If you're rejoicing all, all the time, what's going to happen? The Lord will be at your side. And when the Lord is at your side, he transforms you. You become a gentle person. You can be uh, the arms and legs of Jesus here on this earth, blessing everybody around you. That's the dream that God has for you. Let's keep reading. What else? Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Amen. He's getting this ability out of your way. He's saying no more anxiety. Go back to God. Praise. Ask. Call his name. And trust and have the peace he wants to give you. 
the peace that surpasses understanding, that will transform your life. And he keeps going. And the peace of God, which, which transcends our understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you want to be saved in Jesus? Do you want to be hidden on him? Praise. If you have problems, if you are anxious about anything, praise even more. Ask his name. Call up his promises. And receive his peace. And that peace, his presence with you, will guard you until he can deliver you. And until he can bring you home. And finally, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Do you see the wisdom of this? How can we be praising God if everything we put on our heads is trash? If we consume everything the world has to offer that's made to make you fear, make you to be, to think on the injustice, to focus on the problem and forget about the solution. That's why God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be praising his name. But in order to do that, you have to divest yourself for the things of the world. And only look, only dwell in what is good. And then verse 9 can be true in your life. Whatever you have learned or, re- or received or heard from me or seen me, put it in practice. And the God of peace will be with you. When we keep our hearts pure, when we try to be to bring God closer by praise, by prayer, by petition. We can have that peace. We can... Uh, and then we start to put in practice. And then we can rest assured God will be with us to the end. And that, my friends, my brothers and sisters, is something worth praise for. Yet more praise. So I urge you today, in the light of that great controversy, Use God's weapon. Praise his name. Uh, I know that you have problems. Everybody has. But you have a God that's bigger than the problems. And he told you, he's going to get you off the hook. And at the end, he's going to do all the wrongs right. So praise, call upon his name. And have his peace. And live with him forever. Amen. You have been listening to the broadcast from the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church at 2420 East Ashman in Midland, Michigan. If you are in the area, we cordially invite you to visit our church Saturday mornings. If you are a distance away, we encourage you to continue visiting our website and weekly podcast at midlandsda.org.